the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio-registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Let me tell you how it will be. There's one for you, 19 for me. The ACL extension and tax controversy since 1998. It is the place to be to have your your finger in the stream, as we call it, and what's happening within the Internal Revenue Service. You really need to come to the conference. You need to be there. You need to feel their passion for certain areas and areas that as practitioners we might think are important. You'll come to the Tax Controversy Institute and realize those areas are not important to the Internal Revenue Service. By attending the Tax Controversy Institute, you'll find the benefits to yourself, your practice, and your clients by bringing them into compliance before the government even knows they exist. So we can have an impact on the government. The government representatives will have an impact on us. And together, we move forward with improving the system of tax administration in the United States, which is a great thing. All right, Carrie. Do you know who that was? That's our new tax That's what may be our new tax man, right? That Mm -hmm. is Chuck Reddick. Right. And Chuck Reddick is who Donald Trump has named to be the new IRS commissioner. Got a big job. He was. And the job's been vacant for a while, which has kind of had us a little bit worried about, you know, by the way, you know, who is going to write those regs, you know, on the new tax law when there's no IRS commissioner. And actually, I believe the second position at the IRS was also vacant because that guy exited when, you know, last year. So that having the two top positions vacant when they just passed major tax legislation, that was a bit of a problem. Right. So uh, Charles Reddick, and leave it up to Trump, because once again, Trump named somebody who you don't... Did you hear what he was saying? No. Okay. Well, I was hard to hear. Okay. It was a little hard to hear over the... I'm sorry, over the The, the, the tax man? What? Yeah, it was... What? I can't hear you again. I'll bring a play catchy. revolution next. It's very catchy. Um, you know, we're, you know, the country's having a uh, civil war, right? Did you hear that? Um, all right. Now, so who's Chuck Reddick? You know, well, he's not the typical IRS commissioner that you would think of. You know, he, he is, um, and I, I am assuming he'll be confirmed. You know, mm-hmm. that, that he was in the, you know, he was before the senators this week. Um, but, uh, you know, he is a Beverly Hills tax lawyer. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, he's represented thousands of individuals and companies in civil and criminal tax matters before the agency and against it in court. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, He also defended Trump's decision to break with tradition by refusing to release his personal tax filings. Okay. Oh, yeah, Um, which now people want because if he, they don't want him on the ballot unless he, did you see that push this week? (laughs) If he doesn't release his tax returns, he can't be on the 2020 ballot. uh, You know, I... (laughs) I, I hope he does raise the tax returns because I want to learn all of Trump's tricks, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but um, now, um, and then explain them to my clients how to save taxes. Um, so, uh, Reddick is 61 years old. Okay. Um, his clients have included affluent taxpayers seeking to strike deals with the IRS to turn over information on offshore bank accounts in exchange for reduced penalties. He has sued the IRS on behalf of clients seeking to reduce their tax penalties and has chaired the IRS Advisory Council, which acts as a public forum for discussing tax issues with agency officials. Okay. Um, now, this comes upon, you know, again, I said we've all been a little bit worried about the IRS. You know, again, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't blame the IRS. Right. Uh, Lois Lerner, well, we won't talk about her. But, you know, I mean, in general, I mean, they're just trying to, uh, you know, what Congress passes, they're just trying to make sure it gets, gets complied with. It's not mm-hmm. an easy job. Right. Especially when they slash your staff. And then, Even harder. Yeah. So remember, you know, they had asked for, the IRS had asked for, what was it, 320, $330 million or whatever, just as initial, just to get enough of a, of a kitty going that they can start, you know, addressing the new tax law mm-hmm. and all the questions people are going to have and, and writing the regs and all that good stuff. Um, you know, so, you know, the, the kind of the spokesperson in lack of an IRS commissioner has been this Nina Olson, right? Nina Olson, the national taxpayer advocate. And, um, you know, she's been saying, you know, because of these reductions, the IRS doesn't even have enough employees to provide basic taxpayer services. Um, you yeah, know, have, the, has anyone, we've had clients that have tried to call the IRS. Right. That They've the, been on hold for hours. Yeah. The compliance and enforcement side of the house has been cut by even more. Um, you know, and, and Olson says she has no doubt that the IRS will successfully administer and enforce a new tax law. Well, they got their 320 million. Um, I'm assuming, you know, the senators will approve, um, Chuck Reddick and maybe he can get on the job and, you know, get the ball rolling. All right. So, yeah, all right. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're a financial educational talk program here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. And we're here to give you helpful information about issues that may or may not impact your financial life or financial news that you may want to be aware of. So hopefully people just make understand that there's more choices out there. Um, they have a say in more in their financial life and, and really a lot of times we talk about issues and it comes down to how is it going to affect you and your plan? What's controllable? What's not? It is sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is an Ohio registered fiduciary fee-based planning firm that's been in the Cleveland area for more than 30 years, helping people solve problems save money, use the opportunities and avoid the traps in the complicated tax code and really get clarity on what you can and realistically can and can't do and have the peace of mind that some financial disruptors or different things that you know how to adjust your plan. And we use math models as a way to measure um, where you're headed and the progress that you're making. 
Our home office is in Middleburg Heights. We have offices around the greater Cleveland area. We are accredited um, and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau, and we're also um, Super Service Award winners for multiple years on Angie's list. And what we try to do, we are known for comprehensive, customized, coordinated plans. Um, but over the years, we have worked hard. Even though we're known for the comprehensive, we look at all your assets, how income's being created, um, expenses, inflation rates, um, taxes, and how different assets, um, the withdrawal of the assets are taxed differently and putting this all together in a long-term comprehensive plan. But we also help people with hourly. We have a lot of people that may want help with analyzing specific issues. And what we do is try to give people enough objective analysis so that decision-making is easy. And it comes down to knowing if I make this financial decision, how does that look in the long term? Am I going to be okay? And sometimes people need to see that big picture. I I met with um, a couple uh, this week that they just needed, you know, they're not that close to retirement yet, Mm -hmm. but they're starting to make really good money. So not that close, Carrie. What do you mean? How many? Because we get that question all the time, right? When do I need to start planning? They're probably 15, 20 years. But in their mind, all of a sudden- Are they in the fire movement or what? No, they're they're not because they're spending. But the thing of it is all of a sudden they're both- they both really got good. They've gotten really good jobs. They're making good money, but it's understanding where they headed. What? And all of a sudden, right. they're making money, know. and they're so afraid to spend because they haven't been spending because they didn't have the cash flow. Can I fix up the thing? Can we get the new home? Where am I going to be in ten, fifteen, twenty years? And the peace of mind knowing, hey, I can do all this spending and be okay, or maybe I can't do as much as I thought. And just seeing that picture of where you started. I mean, even clients that we have in retirement, you know, they'll say, I can't believe I ever got here. And you, you know, and then we run the projections, even retirees, you know, in 10, 15 years, especially if they're not spending or I'm using conservative rate. In some cases, they're really growing. And, and they say that number is hard to believe. And we'll say, but where were you? 10 years ago? Where were you 20 years ago? Where did you start? So it's understanding, hey, I can do some of these things and be okay. So sometimes we have help people with hourly planning. And that's, it's very different whether somebody's planning for their retirement or people who are in retirement come in and say, hey, I might want to help my, I know the college gifting for grandkids, but sometimes it's gifts out of need. I really need to help. And we have clients now that sometimes financially they have to help their parents. Or they have to help their kids because of a divorce or their kids are struggling or maybe they want to help out with their kids' student loans, but they really don't want to do that kind of or commit to helping unless they're going to be okay. So those are the type of plannings. And again, it's this objective and we use math models. We're not investment advisors. Um, We look at things very differently. In fact, we work with, um, we have a lot of clients that do their own investments or we have a group of clients that have outside investment advisors. And we're very open to working with those other investment advisors so that everybody's on the same page. Right, and actually, Carrie, I'm gonna talk about a case that we were just working on along those ways. Like mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, it's okay to have independent advisors. The the, the question is, are they ever talking to one another? And, mm-hmm. and the state planning team, we promote that. We've always promoted that. You know, let's talk this over with the, all your advisors. You know, don't have all your independent advisors working in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. You know, they may forget to ask you certain questions that they really need to know before they n- make your next recommendation. Right. And we don't have all the answers, but 
because we've seen enough cases and different scenarios that we know what questions to ask. You know, it's the, I don't know what I don't know, where we come in and help coordinate all that and put that together. And actually we've developed relationships with different investment advisors because we've worked really, they see the value of what we do is separate from the value what they do. Right. And the same thing with attorneys, same thing with, um, you know, t- tax preparers, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and it's just the idea that, you know, we believe that the client gets a better plan if their independent advisors are working together. Mm-hmm. And that could mean actually working together. Right. You know, just ask yourself, how many times has your um, life insurance agent been in the room with your tax preparer? Or how often has your investment advisor been in the same conference room with you and your annuity salesman? You know, and, and today's that could be is you can imagine that, you know, for right. a minute. Right. But the idea is, you know, three way phone calls we can do. You know, it's just the idea of saying, let's brainstorm about this. And, you know, we believe that if they're ta- if your advisors are talking to one another and you're brainstorming on the problem that you're facing, the solution will materialize and, and no one's going to pull the wool over your eyes. And, and you also want answers, maybe. How many people do we have come in that they have, they got annuities and they have these guaranteed income riders that they don't understand when to turn them on? How are they used? What's the plan to exit strategy? Carrie, uh, uh, also a big one with annuities and and annuities are it, it's you know again in in a if you're if you're concerned about you know we've been talking about market downturns or possibly the, the next U.S. recession in 2020 or what have you. Uh, fixed annuities is a fixed option, right? But one that keeps coming up is is our clients who now their parents have passed away and they're inheriting annuities and and they don't really have any understanding of of what options they have Mm -hmm. when they're inheriting they don't understand the tax effects so again and they don't really have a relationship with their parents fixed annuity salesman who who may not even be in the picture anymore quite frankly Mm -hmm. Right. So it's putting all this together in a comprehensive way. Again, we've been helping people a long time and we can't help everybody. Frankly, sometimes people come in and we say, hey, you know what, you're in good shape or really what you're looking for isn't, isn't the type of planning that we do, we do, but we can, we do, but we can point you in the right direction. We also offer a free consultation, which really gives you sit down with you and go over what's your questions, your concerns, and are we a good fit for you? And then, um, can we help you and provide you value and benefit and and um, we have two options for the free consultation. We can, you can send in your information ahead of time, or if you want to sit down, we can show you a sample case just to just to look at our our math model. And we do free consultations also by phone. But it gives you an objective opportunity, I guess, to to see how our services are different and talk to to us and. and get some uh, a different perspective because our planning is very different than what many advisors do. And you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or go to the website, financialfoodforthought.com. You can contact us for the consultation. You can sign up for our newsletter, which will also keep you posted when we have the fall planning classes. We won't be doing any this summer, but if you want to come in, um, again, the consultation really gives you helpful information. I and mean, we know people are worried about, I mean, there's that universal we keep talking about every week of what can I spend? When can I retire? I'm worried about rising healthcare costs, inflation, the market volatility. I know you're going to talk about what we call plan R, you know, when is a when a recession comes, how is that going to impact my plan? Do you want to see that modeled out? 
Are you worried about other finding premature death of a spouse, a long-term care stay? And will that really, how will that impact you financially and what adjustments you need to make? All right. And you're listening to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 33 years. And we do it one family, one plan at a time. And when we say customize, it that's what we always say. You know, it's not your parents' plan. It's not your coworkers' plan. It's not your neighbor's plan. It's got to be your plan. And, you know, we, we any a lot of examples of that. Right. You know, when it comes to pension elections, well, you know, just don't ask the guy who retired the month before you what his pension election was, because maybe that's not the right one for you. OK, when it comes to Social Security elections, you know, again, you know how you customize that is, is, you know, when do you think you're going to you know pass away or what's your longevity? And, you know, if you've never seen a professional Social Security analysis, if you come in for the consultation, you know, whether you become an estate planning team client or not, if you would like to see a professional Social Security analysis run for you, let us know when you're coming in for the consultation. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to bring us your Social Security benefits. We're not going to try to dream those up for you. Right. Um, But if you provide us with your, you know, your benefits, that that would be if you and and if your spouse, if it's appropriate. Um, then, you know, we will give and then we'll ask you, you know, how long do you think you're going to live? Or maybe we'll put a spread on that. And, you know, that gives you an idea in dollars, you know, you know, okay, how much am I leaving on the table if I start Social Security at 62, but I live to age 90? Okay. And, and that sometimes is an eye opener. Right. And and people sometimes do their own break even, but it's taking those individual pieces, Mark, and putting into the whole plan because sometimes people are retiring early and they say, I need my Social Security for cash flow purposes. Mm-hmm. But we see, okay, you have this company plan, you stopped working, maybe delay your Social Security for the higher benefit, use that opportunity to pull IRA or tax qualified money out tax efficient at a much lower tax rate. While you're delaying Social Security because that income's not hitting your tax return, right? Then you'll get all that extra income in the in from you know in the latter part of your life, mm-hmm. which you'll still need. You know, again, we always say, you know, don't confuse quality of life after age ninety right. versus the cost of living, right? Uh, you know, um, and maybe you're not spending on trips, but maybe you're spending to have somebody if you want to stay in your home clean yard work. Maybe the spending means something yeah, different at that. Point. Your health insurance doesn't go down just because you turn eighty five. Um, your real estate taxes don't go down just because you turned 85. Um, you know, it, it, the expenses still go up. Um, let's see. Also, I have a rock and roll birthday boomer for you. Karen. All right. Um, you think right. I'll know it this time? Well, I'll give you some clues. He's a Jersey boy. All right. Born July 1st. So he's celebrating this weekend. July, Carrie. We're in July. I know it. Okay, July 1st, 1951. Hmm. So he'd be 67. Okay. Um, Let's see. His musical influences, other than Motown, he lists as Halloween songs and nutty Christmas songs. Okay. Um, the group. The okay. nutty nutty songs? Nutty Christmas songs. The only song. thing I can think of that does like Goofy that's famous, Weird Al Yankovic. Well, he's, oh, but okay. But now, I don't he's in think a group, he's though. a rock, he's not he's a rock a and roll. Um, he actually, does the spoofs. The name of the group is named after an invention from 1955. Okay. And there was actually 744 of them built. Hmm. Okay. And actually, some are still in use today. 
All right. Okay. Does that help you at all? No. The cut I'm going to play from- Well, I know the song? From 1978. I think you'll know the song. Okay. Some may say it's actually even a one-hit wonder. It was, um, you know, it's rated on Rolling Stone's um, top 500 greatest songs. It's rated 147. Okay, so I'll probably know the song. Which surprised me, by the way. So I will probably know the song. Um, I think you'll know the song, even though it's before 80. I I probably won't know if he's not the lead singer. I probably won't know his name. He's the writer and, you know, well, he he shares the singing. Okay. Okay, John Lennon liked the song. Okay. As a matter of fact, John, you know who John Lennon was? Oh, right? yeah. Okay, he, good. I'm um, just checking. He's a Beatle, right? Okay, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, okay, John Lennon said actually after hearing the, the song, okay, it actually inspired him to go back into the studio because hmm. he had taken a little So this has got to be a big song. All right. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, all right. What else do we want to talk about today? Um I haven't talked about Amazon in a while, Carrie, right? Right. So Amazon um, made some news this week, all right, when they announced that they're going to buy PillPack. And Carrie, do you know anything about PillPack? No. Okay. So PillPack is, I don't know really either because, you know, but it's the idea that it's a startup company. I think it's out of MIT. You know, MIT is like venture capitalists that, you know, the smart kids go out and start. I think it was a startup company out of MIT. And what they do is they it's a mail order, so they're they're mailing you your prescription drugs, but in prepackaged packets, so you don't have to you know do it at home. So you're saying like the Monday, Tuesday, like if you're somebody who has a lot of pills. Yeah, I believe it's you know that, that you thing. do the morning, afternoon. Yeah, that's a smart idea. Okay, um, especially and, I would think older people that may be trying to keep track if you're taking a yeah. lot of medication. Well, it was a smart enough idea that uh, Amazon's going to pay these guys a billion dollars for their company. Shoot. All right. Um, now, um, it also, by the way, when they announced that, you know, it, it wiped out $17.5 billion from eight other companies who are in the, you know, drive to the corner to get your prescription drugs. Right. Okay. Like the CVSs and the Walgreens and stuff like that. See, when Amazon makes moves, markets shake. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, And when Amazon wants to buy you, guess what? They're going to buy you. They're going to buy you. And, and, and you say, well, so is Amazon, are they now in the prescription drug business? Well, it's not that everything that Amazon touches turns to gold, but the idea is they just take shortcuts because they have so much money. Right. So what they liked about PillPack, right, is the idea that the PillPack was already had all the licensing to do this business in all 50 states. So you didn't have to go through all those steps. Um, now it's, I guess, if your insurance covers pill pack. Um, now, um, but, you know, Amazon there. Are, so what else has Amazon been doing? But I mean, that's, a, you know, but, you know, but the thing is, you know, is that really going to be, um, you know, it, it sounds like a good idea, right? The, the idea that, you know, you get the pill pack, but isn't something like the problem carries in it said the, 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 the patient still has to take the pills, right? Well, yeah, you can't make, I mean. So, you know, that's still the problem, though, right? You know, grandma's not taking her pills. Right, So even a pill pack is sending them to her. Right, but that's a start, though, because sometimes older people take quite a bit. They don't take them correctly, I guess. 
You know, so what we need you can have really, a drone make people take it. Well, that's it? what I'm saying. What we need is maybe the robots <laughs> to make sure, you know, because, but I don't know if the robots are smart enough, you know, you know, to, to help grandma, you know, like, right. like, you know, like we all do, right? You know, grandma, you know, you'd like some more mashed potatoes, wouldn't you? Right. You know, you know um, and, and to, you know, get these pills down, right? Well, you can have uh, a, a, what is it, those echoes or whatever, those, I don't have those, you know, you maybe you, I'm sure you could set those up, right? Yeah, I mean, reminder. I, I, I think we're going to have to have role. I think, you know, I mean, we'll see, you know. If- I know, but you also need to take, I mean, I know older people, but in general, I'm not saying in this example, but to have too many robots to rely, I think people still need to do things well, for themselves. You know, well, Americans don't want robots in the home, Carrie. I, I'm with them. I don't even want that oh, Alexa. Oh, okay, whatever. so according to a new survey of 2021 adult internet users, okay, Brookings Institution, the vast majority of people just aren't all that excited about having a robot help around the house. No. Okay, just 20% of people said they were interested in obtaining a cleaning robot. While sixty eight percent said they were not okay, and and you know, um, and for more sensitive tasks like uh, screw uh, security or caring for a child or an aging relative, right? right? I wouldn't trust a robot um, for that. The numbers were even lower. Only seventeen percent said they were interested in a guard bot, right? That's what they call it. Right. Um, Sixty seven percent said, "I'm not ready for a guard bot yet." Um. And just nine percent expressed interest in having a robotic caretaker. So it, you know, yeah, I'm with them. So I, I don't, you know, we, we have to, you know, that. But what else is and but you know, Amazon? The other, what else is they're doing? Because I haven't talked to them about it in a while, right? Well, um, they're really getting on the, um, you know, the, the lobbying. Okay, so they're starting to really lobby the government. Okay. All right. Um, they have an army of lobbyists, and the list of their government contracts is growing. All right. Uh, so in the beginning, Jeff Bezos, you know, he he wasn't too interested in trying to say I need the government, but now he's kind of saying I I can make a lot more money if the government's you know behind me. Um. So and its cloud computing business is a major government contractor with 1.5 billion in contracts last year. So 1.5 billion just right now, and they've just started. Um, now, if you look at the big lobbying efforts right now, Google spends about eighteen point two million. AT and T spends about sixteen point eight million. Amazon wow. is now spending thirteen million. That's crazy. Oracle spending about twelve point four. What's what's thirteen million to Bezos, Gary? I mean, what are kidding they? Me? Okay, um, and you know, all those companies have a hundred or more lobbyists right now working full time. Um. So, you know, um, and we'll see, you know, um, you know, the U.S. government spends 90 billion a year on information technology. OK, I think Amazon wants a piece of that, um, a big piece of that. All right. Um, they're also the, the well, their lobbying efforts is they want the government to allow the, the, the individual uh, departments to be able to order their supplies and stuff through Amazon Prime. Without any, you know, having to go through some, um, you know, uh, study by the internal affairs. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, we can see. Um, let's see. Here's another article. Judge says Amazon not liable for selling exploding hoverboards. That's new. Well, wouldn't the hoverboard manufacturer be liable? Well, but, you know, they're not as, quite as deep pockets as Jeff Bezos. Here. I understand, but... Um... If I didn't make it and I'm just shipping it and I'm just using, I mean, Amazon sells 
a lot of things from different. Yeah. Uh, Amazon stopped selling the hoverboards because of reports of explosions caused by primarily the lithium iron battery. Okay. Um, okay. Um, the company saw about 250,000. Did you get one, Carrie? I did not because they were exploding. Plus, well, I. Well, you were going to get one? Uh, well, my son wanted one, and I thought, you know what? You can walk. Well, they sold 250,000 in a month. <laughs> I know. I don't know how many they were so big. A lot of his month. friends, I know a couple um, of his friends had issues with them. But, uh, so some, so one of the exploding, uh, one of the families that bought the exploding um, tried to go to court, and um, Amazon won. Um, Japan's not happy with Amazon. Okay. Because, you know, uh, uh, Bezos isn't only interested in the U.S., Gary. He wants, you know, the world. World domination. Um, so <laughs> and he's probably missed China because China's got kind of got their own Amazon right. going, right? Um, but Japan doesn't. Um, so uh, Bezos knew little about the Japanese market. When he started in 2000, but now he's in there. And um, all of a sudden now the Japan Fair Trade Commission is looking into whether the company for suppliers, the shoulder costs when offset, so blah, 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 blah. So, you know, Japan's getting a little taste of Amazon as well. Um, so we'll see how that company continues to dominate the world and the U.S. Um, so we, we, you know, we talk about coordinated efforts of advisors. Um, we talk about, you know, what you can do to get ready for whatever, whenever you think the next economic downturn is going to happen. Because as we've been talking about now for a while, is that this is one of the longest bull runs in market history, it's one of been the longest U.S. expansions in U.S. history. You know, without having a recession since you know the the Great Recession in two thousand eight. Um, and so the idea is, it's not that we're, we are. You know, as everybody know, we are going to have another U.S. recession. When is the question? Right. Not if we will have another market downturn. Mm-hmm. Um, now the question is. There's no consensus out there on when or how bad it's going to be. Right. Because if we talk about um, one of the last shows, as far as there's, you know, half the articles say everything's good. We're going to be this is going to be the longest run. And from really smart people and then other experts say, no, it's coming right around the corner. Be prepared. Right. So so how can you get prepared? Well, one is like we're saying is so why don't we ask the robot? To build in what we deem a plan R. And maybe the R stands for recession or recovery plan or, you know, what have you. The idea is that you have your plan A going, assuming that things are going fine right now and you're in the, you know, Alfred E. Newman camp, you know, the what me worry and saying, what's the worry about? You know, we've got, uh, you know, we've got the tax cuts working for us. We've got, we had good first quarter corporate earnings. Um, you know, the new Fed chairman, Jerome Powell says, you know, don't worry. He's got the Goldilocks solution. He knows how to raise rates without, you know, overheating the economy. Um, we've got, you know, uh, President Trump saying, you know, trade wars are easy to win. And, and we don't even know if he's, if it's right. going to be a real trade war, it may just be trade negotiations. Um, you know, to, to maybe not a trade war. And that's, you know, you know, time will tell. So you may be saying, hey, th- we may get, you know, we may have this good economy. You know, GDP's rising. We, this may last for a few years. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's your plan A. But just for fun, let's build a plan B. 
and says, well, what happens if we do have a correction or a recession? Isn't that plan R, not B? Well, I'm, I'm well, kidding. Yeah. yeah, I did, <laughs> yeah. We um, but the idea is, okay, and, you know, so you, you say, well, because maybe you're planning on retiring in the next two to three years. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, maybe you're planning on a major purchase in the next two to three years. Okay. Maybe, you you know, you've got a kid going off to college in, in the next two to three years. All right. Um, you know, any of these things that you're going to say, you know, a market downturn or a U.S. recession could ruin my plan, derail my plans. As a matter of fact, that happened to a lot of people in the lost decade. You know, we always talk about the lost decade, Carrie, mm-hmm. right? You know, from, you know, March of 2000, you know, or really from 1998 right. to the end of, of 2008, you know, where you had two major meltdowns, you know, in the markets. One being, of course, the 2008 financial crisis. Um, uh, the other one was the March 2000, you know, tech bubble burst. Um, but, you know, in either case, that derailed a lot of retirements, mm-hmm. you know, because you had, you know, hu- you know, it, it, and, and so we learned the term sequence of returns. The idea of saying that, yeah, over a long term, a long time, you always come back to an average. You know, if, if you're trying to say your investments, you are 50 50 or 60 40 or whatever your allocation is over a long period of time, it tends to come back to a, an average that you can kind of hang your hat on. But the, the idea of what we learned in the lost decade, now we deem, we, you may hear that term sequence of returns as if you have that market loss or that recession or whatever in the beginning of your retirement, you may never recover mm-hmm. if it's, if it's deep enough, right? Um, so, you know, now, so a lot of people say, well, all right, um, how do we, you know, build a financial plan or whatever? And, and, you know, it's the idea of saying, well, it's the modeling. It's it's saying, okay, here's plan A, here's plan B, here's plan C. You know, how bad do you think it's going to be? Maybe you want to see a three, a, a few different cases. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're saying, maybe right now you're saying, well, Mark, I think we're going to have a market correction, not a market crash. Right. Okay, so market correction is okay. defined as, you know, a 10 to 19% decline. You know, a market crash or a bear market usually defined as a 20% or more decline, you know, in the market off the high. Now, market crashes or bear markets, they don't happen all that often. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, on average, I think they, you know, they say it's about once every five years. Um, we haven't had one, you know, in over 10. All right. Um, now, um, or close to 10 anyways, right. you know, from 2008. Yeah, I was going to um, Now, um, market corrections happen a lot more frequently. Mm-hmm. And we're... And Probably most people would agree we're overdue for one of those. This mm-hmm. is one of the longest bull runs in market history. Um, right. And so, you know, and and now. So, you know, the idea is saying, OK, so maybe you say, well, first of all, if there's a market correction um, and let's say that's 10 percent, just for my analogy here. Well, you might not be down 10 percent if you're not 100 percent invested in stocks. Right. Right. So if you're only 50% invested in stocks and you got 50% of your money in fixed and particularly principal protected things, that's where, you know, that's why there's a lot of fixed annuities being bought in the last, you know, five years. Um, You know, the idea is, okay, I might only be down five. Mm -hmm. I might not be down 10. All right. Well, that will certainly help the, the, you know, your plan. 
right? It's that how much risk are you taking on to be okay? Mm-hmm. All right. And, 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 you know, you got to keep your eyes open, you know, for, you know, have you gotten out of whack on your risk, you know, uh, allocation mm-hmm. because of this huge rise in the stock market, right? Um, you know, you might have started before. I mean, remember, you know, you, you know, 2017 was a double digit, you know, return year in the market. You, you know, you might have been targeting a 50 50 portfolio, but because the your your equities have done so well, all of a sudden you're a lot north of 50 percent. Mm-hmm. OK, so maybe it's time to rebalance, you know, and take some gains off the table. All right. Um, you know, now um, but a lot of people say, well, or people run what was considered the Monte Carlo analysis. And you've heard me talk right. about that term, right? The Monte Carlo analysis. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on the Monte Carlo analysis. I never was. Okay. And and this is why. Because I, I never really saw that when a client, and we don't, and, and a lot of times new people are coming in the first time, they bring into me their Monte Carlo analysis right. that someone had ran from them, you know, in the past. Or they went out on the internet and did their own. Mm-hmm. Okay, and my first question, and inevitably, when I see that, I say, okay, based on what this Monte Carlo analysis, you know, you know, printed out, did it? What decisions did you make on on based on that? Then, then I hear the crickets, right? Because what I have found is that the Monte Carlo analysis alone never really left my clients in the decision making mode. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was you know it gave some you know. You know, answer back like, well, you've got an 85% chance of your plan being okay. But what, okay. So that means basically what I'm doing today, I'm going to be fine based on an 85%. That just means that doesn't tell me if I can make another decision. Can I get more net benefit from another choice out there? It doesn't run alternative. What do I have to do to, if that 85% is too low for me, what do I have to do to get it higher? But that's just what is. That's not making any changes. That's not taking advantage of it's tax not, opportunities. It's not taking money out tax efficiently because your tax return. It's not putting the whole piece together. It's a start. Maybe right. it gives you peace of mind. It's not really telling you how much you can afford to go to Hawaii when you're retired. It may not be really telling you, um, you know, uh, how much you can be planning to pay for your children's or your grandchildren's college education. Like you're saying, it doesn't really leave you decision making. It's just a, it's just like some, and it's all based on hysterical data. Mm-hmm. Meaning it's just looking at prior year's activity. And, and you know, who's to say that what's happened in the past is exactly what will happen in the future? Because part of this is emotions. Right. All right. People act on emotionally. All right. Um, that's, you know, you know and, and historical data isn't always going to repeat. All right. Um, now, um, so let me give you an example. All right. So this was one that I saw recently um, where the, the, the writer of the article is trying to use a Monte Carlo analysis to help their clients understand, you know, what this issue about, you know, sequence of returns. Okay. Um, and it's talking about market, you know, the 2008 market crash, right? And a lot of people are worried that that's coming again. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you may be worried about that's coming again, right? Um, so bear market losses extreme as the 
57% drop from late 2007 to early 2009 are unusual. However, if a long bear market does arrive shortly after a person stops working and starts spending retirement savings, the result can be devastating. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what I just, you know, that's what we all now call sequence of returns. The article says bear markets occur on average every five years. Okay. If a long bear market hits early in retirement, the damage can leave retirees without money for their later years. Okay. Um, that's a longevity. See, the, the idea that if the market is, or recession or whatever, your, 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 your value of your assets going down now, it doesn't necessarily maybe affect your life this year. What's affecting in a weird way is how long, the longevity of your plan. Right. It's, it's, it's affecting it on the longevity end. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you want to, if you told your robot, hey, make sure my plan's lasting to age 90, and then, but you didn't tell the robot that, you know, tell me, you know, and that's plan A, right? right? So the robot's saying, this is how much you can spend to last age 90, but now you go back into the robot and say, well, just for fun, if there is a bear market or a market correction in the next two years, what does it do? Does it still last to 90? And if you're working, does it last to 88? Right. And does when it last to 83? And there's a big difference. If you're working, does that affect my retirement date? Or if I'm someone in retirement, does that affect my bucket list trip? Does that affect right. the gifting? Does it affect, hey, I wanted to remodel the kitchen. Maybe I'm not. So the Monte Carlo says, well, there's an 89% chance your money will still, you know, I, well, I don't know if that's enough information to make a decision on. That's not how we do it at the state planning team, by the way. Well, it's just a starting, I guess. Maybe it's a, a okay, step. So- so here's the here's the example. Sixty five year old with five hundred thousand dollars in savings. Okay, running a Monte money running a Monte Carlo simulation. Okay, <clears throat> gave the nest egg an eighty nine percent chance of lasting thirty years following the four percent rule. Okay, I mean, meaning the, and, and you know we talk all about the four percent rule. That's the idea that the first year you take out four percent of your nest egg. In this case, it was 500000 That'd be 20000 mm-hmm. And then you increase that 20000 by some inflation factor. Right. You know, 3.5%, let's say. And then if you follow that, you know, assuming that you're getting, uh, when Bill Benjamin did the 4% rule, he was assuming a 5% rate of return. Okay? So if you're not using a 5% rate of return, you got to, you know, amend your 4% rule. It would change it. If your period isn't 30 years, you got to change. You got to customize the 4% right. rule to some period longer than 30 years, if that's the case, or shorter than 30 years, if that's the case. Um, they just basically, you know, were trying the 4% rule. Okay. So, and, but what they said is if they, if that really, if they ran those same numbers, but just using, you know, 2000, you know, the start of the lost right. decade. Okay. It was no longer an 89% chance of working. It was six. That's a huge difference. Okay. Um, 89% versus 6%. Mm. Okay. So what do you do? See, see, that's where we really say, you know, that's where we help clients. It's not just running a Monte Carlo analysis that says whether you've got an 89%. No, it's, it's, it's plan A is maybe an 89% chance that it's working. Mm-hmm. But you now plan B, you know, let's or plan C or plan D, depending on how many you want to run. Right. OK, let's see. So now it, it, so the idea is if you're running a plan B, you're modeling in, you're telling the robot to model in a downturn. Mm-hmm. However you define it. Is it a 5% loss next year? Zero percent next year, maybe two and a half percent gain. And maybe the third year out, you're back to your normal five. You know, the idea of a correction or a recession, a recovery period, and then coming out of the right. tunnel. Right. 
Um, if you want to go worse than that, you know, you want to go a, a bear market, you know, a 20% decline, you're 50% stock, so you're 10% down. It's, you know, you built, that's the different right. models. That's plan A, plan B, plan C. Right? And you can keep going. Okay, now, so let's say now you don't, you, your plan does no longer has an 89% chance of working. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you done? Do you no. just say, no, it's okay. So what we do to help clients is, all right, um, you know what? Let's see. Okay. You know, now here you get all the DIY articles, right? right. Carrie? Okay. So what's the first, you know, DIY article if your plan's not lasting long enough? Spend less, work longer. Work longer. Okay, let's start with work longer. That's a DIY, right? Or we'll just work longer. To- well, no, what we help our clients is how much longer do you have to work? Is it five years? Is it two years? Is it six months? Or can I do something different? So maybe use the, you know, is there another way? Right. It, 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 is it, does it mean I can, you know, maybe I can leave the rat race because I'm, I'm tired of working 50, 60 hours a week and maybe I, I need an encore career that maybe I can make 20 to $30,000 and something I like to do and, and do, some, do it part time. And then make up the difference in income with tax savings, which is more in your pocket. I mean, okay. All right. Um, you said the second one, cut spending. That's a great DIY solution. Right? You know, buckle your, uh, Obvious, uh, uh, you yeah. know, uh, you know, buckle up. Right. Okay. Well, maybe I don't want to cut spending because I've worked my whole life and now I have time to do things I want to spend money on. Right. But in, in a lot of times what we help our clients is, well, how much spending right. do I need to cut? And, and sometimes the spending is not necessarily the day-to-day living, but you know what? I need a new hot water tank. I need a new furnace. Right. That's something that's expensive, but it's a, it's a need. Right. And, and, and so you could say, and so, and maybe it's, that's why we spend a lot of time when we're building our clients' financial plans that, um, we break down in the beginning mandatory living expenses, discretionary spending, you know, home projects, automobile replacement, gifting, family gifting, charitable gifting. We break all these numbers down so, you know, in little building blocks, right, that all adds up to your financial plan. And maybe financial plan A is working, but now Mm -hmm. you tell the robot the market in a market correction and saying, and and, and now plan B is no longer working. Right. So the idea is, okay, I, you know, one, you know, let's say you're already retired. So working longer isn't, right. you know, you're not interested in going back to work, right? So, so, so the idea is cut spending. Well, we don't usually start with the mandatory living expenses. No. Usually we just start with some of the discretionary spending. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean, you know, do I have to cut across the board, Mark? Do I, is it a 5% decrease in discretionary spending? Meaning, you know, I can't do what I wanted to do in travel. I got to do 5% less a year in travel. Mm-hmm. Um, is, it a, is it a 10% across the board? Maybe I don't want to go to across the board discretionary spending. Maybe I want to pick which discretionary spending. Right. Maybe I, I had budgeted $40,000 for that kitchen remodel. Well, maybe I can only do a $30,000 right. kitchen remodel. See, that's getting the power of getting in a decision-making mode. Right. And you know, if these bad things happen, I mean, Mark, the the market's only one example, but it could be premature death of a spouse. It could be all kinds of things that you can have these other parallel scenarios so you know exactly what adjustments you need to make in order to make things okay. And you have the peace of mind that, hey, I have a plan, a contingency. If this scenario happens, these are the action steps I'm going to take. And those that's a great example of what we do with the estate planning team. Remember, we offer the free 
no obligation, no pressure consultation. We can do it by phone or in person, and we're scheduling throughout the summer months. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. Contact us. We'll get back to you on Monday about scheduling your free consultation. All right. So we got a little bit of time. I've got my rock and roll birthday book. Remember right. my clues, Carrie? Jersey boy. Yeah. Um, maybe, named after maybe a band. One, the, the group is named after an invention. That, mm. the, you know, there were. That there's some, some of them though. are still in use. Um, one of John Lennon's favorite songs. Okay. Um. Hmm. I don't know. If you, I, I thought maybe you'd know this. There's our rock and roll birthday boomer. Oh, his voice sounds really familiar. I've never heard this song, but his voice. You've never heard this song? No, but his voice sounds like another song. Really? I wonder like if any of the millennials in the, in the studio has ever heard this song before. What is this song? Rock Lobster? You've never heard no, this song? No, I've never heard this song. <laughs> I've never heard this song, but his voice sounds really familiar. Rolling Stone rated 147 of the top 500 <laughs> songs of all time, Carrie. That's hilarious. Rock Lobster. Okay, you're not getting This sounds hit. like a Halloween song. It does have the Halloween vibe right. One to of his it. influences, Halloween songs and nutty Christmas songs. <laughs> this song broke them. I, I you know, into the, in the, you know, um, you've never heard this. No, I've never heard this At song. a party. At a, in, never. In, wow. You're sheltered, Carrie. Um, this is a big hit. That's how I, like I feel like you're joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. I mean, it was a, it wasn't a, a number one hit, but no, it was a but top I feel 100. like you're joking. Um, okay, do you know know him in the group? You know, no, but I like I said, these his things voice are still flying around. You know, there were 747 built in 1955. People are amazed that they're still flying. Okay, so we clearly know it's a plane, right? I have no idea. B 52s. Okay, didn't they sing? Okay, I, if you would have, didn't they sing Love Shack? Um, that song I would have known. That's why I said his voice sounds familiar. That's the only song I thought Love Shack was their one hit wonder. That I guess that's her second. Yeah, we'll <laughs> give them that one. I've never heard this song. Um, like, but, yeah, I feel like you're playing a bed. So his name is Fred Schneider. Yeah. Okay. And happy birthday. This is a very strange song. I, and it inspired John Lennon to get back in the studio. It sounds like, it. honestly, it sounds like music from one of the cartoons my kids watch. Yeah. Um, let, me, <laughs> let me see if I can find John Lennon's quote. Um, the song was inspired after a discotheque in Atlanta um, that you know had weird things going on. Um, so John Lennon said, "It sounds just like Ono's music." So I said to myself, "It's time to get out of the old. A- it's time to get out the old axe and wake the wife up." Uh, his return to the studio led to the release of Double Fantasy. So That is a very bizarre song. So we got a few minutes left here. So coordination of advisors, right? So I was working on a case, and the idea is the clients had, you know, um, a lot was going on. And it's just the idea of, of making sure that all your advisors are talking to one another. So it, first of all, that what happened was during the year... Well, a, a couple of years ago, the clients had inherited an IRA, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So they had been in the practice of taking just the required minimum distribution out of inherited IRA. Remember, if you inherit an IRA, you're non-spouse beneficiary, you don't get to wait till, you know, 70 and a half for a required mm-hmm. minimum. The required minimums begin the year after, you know, the person died. So, um, and the required minimums were only about $2,000 a year, not mm-hmm. much of a taxable event. But this particular year, the clients took out 25000 mm-hmm. okay, because they uh, bought a new car. Not, okay. and, and, and really, they didn't need a new car. Their kid needed a new car, right. you know, because the, the kid had a new baby. And, right. you know, so they were going to buy a new car for themselves, you know, using grandma's money and that, you know, and then, uh, you know, and then give the kid the car. Right. We, we only hear that about two or three times right. a year. Right? All right. So that 25,000 taxable hit is already in there. Now, the investment advisors were doing their job. They had to rebalance their account. It was a discretionary, so they were making moves, and they let the clients know, you know, we had a great run-up. We're going to rebalance. Now, the problem is this is a taxable account, not an IRA. Rebalancing an account in an IRA doesn't trigger a tax event because it's all tax-deferred. Right. If you've got a brokerage, a non-qualified brokerage account, rebalancing could cause a capital gain. Which is hitting your tax return. Okay. So now, and so when they were talking to me about this and saying, yeah, you know, the, the investment advisor, the rabbi said, well, you know, hold on, let's call the investment advisor. Because they also, in talking to the client, we, we also, they let us know that they weren't done with their spending this year. Mm-hmm. They're going to need, an, uh, you know, they're, they're still planning a family trip, a vacation, ten to 12000 They still have some home projects, 200000 So we call the investment advisor and say, hey, look it, I understand you're rebalancing. What's it going to cost in capital gains? You know, and they said, well, it's going to be about $30,000. And I'm, and so now we're quickly adding the clients right now are still under the $170,000 before their Medicare B premiums go up. Right. And we told the investment advisor, well, don't automatically reinvest it all, you know, cause that's what investment advisors love to right. do because they want to just get the money reinvested. Right. And we said, no, don't reinvest it because the clients still need cash. And if you reinvest it all, they're going to have to take out more cash later, either from an IRA or having you sell what you just bought to raise cash. And, and chances are, if we have a correction in the near term, they're, they're selling low, you know. And, so it and, saves them money on taxes and helps with their cash flow. Right. And so now we, we just tell the investment advisor, this is how much we more need for cash, building up their cash reserve. And now now the investment advisor will go ahead and reinvest the rest. All right. Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.